It's a good show. Hello. Whether you call yourself a sink surfer or a radio eight baller or something else, I think of you as our listener because you're listening right now. So if you are listening now, perhaps you've been following along this year of daily podcasts that began on August 8th, 2017. And it's been a very weird year all around. And I believe we've reflected that weirdness, especially when we didn't mean to. And so thanks a lot for following along. And by following along, I mean participating. And by participating, I mean that even now your attention is influencing me in ways I cannot fathom. So, thanks. On this episode, I'm performing the role of the musical guest. It's my first time doing so in the 20-year history of the show, so I hope you'll permit me this small indulgence. After this episode, I'm going to be taking a couple of months off from releasing the daily podcasts to prepare for the long-awaited release, I hope, of our Radio 8 Ball app and the all-you-get record that we discuss at length in this episode. Now, during this time, I won't be taking a break from recording Radio 8 Balls. We'll be recording episodes with Mary Lou Lord, uh, Essex Green, Sylvia Black, Myra Flynn, Future Teens, and Stephen Smith, the bands Dirty Vegas and Squeeze. So, you got that to look forward to when we come back in November. In the meantime, if you like the daily podcasts, please subscribe to us so you'll know when we're back. And if you wouldn't mind taking some time to give us some good reviews on iTunes and let your friends who dig music and synchronicity know that we exist and there are 352 podcasts to listen to to get ready for our return for season two, well, that would be just plain groovy. So, now, back to the Radio 8 Ball Show with your host, Matt Russo. Russo. Radio at Ball Give us a shake We're here in the studio Tempting fate Mm-mm. Putting questions to the songs Which we will randomly select Here with the help of our friend Synchronicity And now it's time for The Radio at Ball and welcome back to Radio Ape, all the show where we answer questions by picking a song at random, like musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Matt Brousseau, because today's guest is Andras Jones. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome, Andras. And uh, he's providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations. Uh, today's uh, guest... For this one is Mr. Peter Jesperson. Peter, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. How are you, Matt? I'm doing great. This has been fun. Uh, now, tell us a little bit. Uh, how do you know Andras? Uh, I guess a, a, it's a neighborly thing. Um, he uh, knows people that live a couple doors down from uh, my wife and I, and uh, our, he, he's friends with our best friends. <laughs> so that's how we first met. And you, you're not hearing his music through the walls. It wasn't one of those. It wasn't one of those. Okay. No, you didn't have to tell him to knock it off. I heard the music. Come, I heard the music later. Yes. <laughs> okay. And then you told him to knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, then I applauded him. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that well that explains why you you work together. Yeah. Uh, now, um, 
what what is your question here? Well, hold on. Let's oh, let's go. Oh, like, sorry, sorry. I would just well, let's tell a little bit of what how what Peter did has done. Oh yes, on this yes, record. yes, yes. Of course. You know, I mean, I know I'm we're neighbors. That's I, I've said it on the last time he was on our Inara George show. That's right. I and, thought I re- yes, I thought I recognized you. And I said at that one that uh, I sort of like I when I met Peter had a birthday dinner for our mutual friend and. I found out, you know, I sort of knew a little bit of his reputation, and I said, oh, I, you know, I targeted him as someone I want to make friends with this guy. He's got a great record collection. I can go and hang out with him, and we can talk about great, we can just talk about music. But there's a thing I hadn't told him, which is that there was also, it was a, it was also a part, before I was even really thinking about this record, there was a part of the healing that I had to get to to make this record possible, is that throughout my musical life, I've always had... In a way that I, in a way that I inherited from other musicians, like a, a negative attitude towards the record business and towards record people, record guys. <laughs> and I, in the interim, I realized that I'd done a lot of personal damage with that attitude, and I'd done a lot of just killing off possibility, and not even just career possibility, just human to human possibility. Whenever you have prejudices, you do. And I, there was a way that I was like. This is a record guy I could I could like, and I'm gonna make friends with this guy, and I'm gonna get over my my attitude. And we ended up I've we've had this great friendship for me of like, well, before we ever started, like you only started working on this with this thing a couple months ago, right. but for year for a couple years now, when I'm in LA, we'll make a plan to have coffee and sit around and talk about Bob Dylan or David Bowie or the Beatles or whatever we're into. And it's a great, great joy of a friendship. And then when it was time, when I saw myself fin- having to make this record into an actual product, there were a whole bunch of questions that came up, and I realized I need an expert in making records. I actually need a record guy now. So I went to Peter and said, "Hey, would you be would you be my quote record guy on this record?" And literally helping to like make it into a vinyl album. And he's an expert at that. He, if people don't know, he's like. He's a heavy cat who's here. He's he's managed he managed the the replacements, a band you might have heard of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, actually, to me, what I think is really cool is he ran an actual record store in uh, in Minneapolis, and that became a turned into a record label called Twin Tone Records. And he just he's helped out a ton of artists, and it's been really easy to get over my prejudices against record guys by hanging out uh, hanging out with you, Peter. That's so. very nice of you to say. Thank you very much. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. So. It's been, so it's been great to have you helping me make this record, and it's been a pleasure to help help you work on it and and to you know uh, help it see the light of day. Awesome. awesome. Now, what is so? What does that mean to make it into a vinyl record? I mean, I understand the the literal figurative pr- uh, process of you know melting plastic and blah blah blah. But what were you missing, Andres? Uh, and what did you bring to that, Peter? That Andres was was kind of unaware of. Well, I think. Um, you know, making making vinyl is a little bit of a lost art, I think, to some degree. I think a lot of people, um, you know, as everybody knows, you know, vinyl was, uh, you know, the only format for, for many years. And then uh, cassettes came in. And, of course, cassettes did not take vinyl off the, off the map by any stretch. But, uh, you know, some years later, CDs came along and they did pretty much wipe vinyl out. And, and um, uh, people have been calling the, the vinyl death knell for many years. Uh, and suddenly in the last uh, six or eight years, it's, you know, experienced quite a resurgence. Um, and I was uh, uh, involved in a, a, a record label we started back in Minneapolis in 1977. And 
so I learned it was trial by fire uh, how to make records and how to make them sound good, and uh, I've been doing it ever since. And so there aren't a lot of people that have been making vinyl that long, and I think I, I'm fortunate in that I know uh, what one can and can't expect uh, out of vinyl in 2018, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's not a perfect medium by any stretch, and um, you've got to be careful how you make it, but my position is that if you make vinyl right, it always sounds better than any other format, and uh, I love the clarity of digital music, I love the clarity of CDs, um, I love the sound of cassettes, uh, you know, I like it all, um, but vinyl is, to me, the best sounding uh, medium there is, and so um, to make it sound good, you've got to be careful. You've got to work with the right people, and you need to know what to worry about and what not to worry about. So I think that's maybe a little bit of what I bring to the table. Yeah, well, right before I got into this process, I was hanging out at your place, and you were talking about the Soul Asylum reissues that you've been working on. Right. And you were talking about... Uh, Test pressings, correct, and this is how you know you're saying. I, I don't remember the specifics, but that you like to get a certain number of test pressings, and you want to make sure that the artist gets some, but you like to make make sure that you have at least two or three. And and as you were talking, I was thinking, oh, that's that's cool. I never thought of that. And then a couple weeks later, I found myself looking at a at something that was talking about test pressings, and I thought, oh, you know, this is this is perfect. <laughs> I don't have to have, I don't have to reinvent everything. I know I'm gonna have a ton of questions, and like synchroni- again, synchronicity made me realize it was a synchronicity of realizing, oh well, this is great. Peter, I know someone right down the street who is this much of an expert, and so I trust him way more than me to listen to the test pressings of this record. And so he's gonna. That's part of the process. I I've I just got a record player again after many years of not really having one. So I'm kind of a I'm relearning record technology just as a listener. So uh, yeah, what, what's what's a What's a short example of, of something that um, would come up with a record that wouldn't come up with a cassette or a digital music? Well, with uh, with a test pressing, I mean, the way that um, basically what you, you you take your audio recording and and the first thing you do in the in the process of making vinyl is you. Uh, cut what they call a, a reference acetate, and that's basically a metal plate that's coated with an acetate um, solution. That's it's like a, a very temporary kind of vinyl uh, that you can audition to listen uh, and decide if you are in the right. Uh, ballpark for sound that you want and once you approve an, uh, an acetate then you go to the test pressing stage and in a test pressing uh, right now in fact we're in the in the process of doing a, a year-long series of reissues of the band Soul Asylum uh, who I had worked with in the early 80s uh, back in Minnesota and um, you know they went on to uh, quite uh, you know quite to become quite successful in the 90s with a, a couple of big hit records, in particular one called Runaway Train when they were signed to Columbia Records in 1993. Um, so now, all these years later, we're reactivating the catalog that they had recorded for my label back in Minnesota, uh, which were three LPs and one EP and then an odds and sods compilation of uh rarities and b-sides and things and so we're in the process of putting all that together and um we just got test pressings on the first two 
titles, their first two albums, and uh, we approved the first one. And just as of yesterday, as a matter of fact, we sound, found some flaws on the second one that we w thought needed uh, some attention. And so we're actually having a new master cut, and we're going to get a new set of test pressings in as soon as humanly possible, hopefully within the next two weeks. We have a deadline coming up for uh, release in November, so vinyl manufacturing is something you've got to get way, way out ahead because there's a bottleneck. Everybody's standing in line at all the few pressing plants that are in existence these days. And um, so you've got to be... You got to be uh, ahead of the game, mm -hmm. so that's where we're at right now. There were, um, again, uh, some ticks and pops, mm -hmm. uh, and you listen to a test pressing. And uh, as Andras said, I like to get three. For me, that's the the magic number. Uh, if I listen to something and I, I I mark down, I have usually the lyrics right in front of me, and I mark, you know, where I hear any uh, noises that I don't think are uh, acceptable. And then I go to test pressing number two, and if the flaws are in the same spot, you know it's in the master. If they're not in the same spot, then it's just something that is a pressing issue. Uh, and, and again, vinyl, uh, you know, there are all kinds of things that can go wrong with vinyl. You can have a bad quality uh, vinyl, uh, the, the actual plastic can be bad, or it could be the stamper that's bad, or it could be that... Uh, there was something wrong with the actual circuitry of the machinery. Um, so there's a number of things. It's basically, if you hear, if you're marking at 2 minutes and 23 seconds, you heard a tick on the left channel, um, and you go to test pressing number 2, and there it is again, then you know that you've got an issue and you need to go back and have that repaired. So that's probably way more than anybody needed to know, but that's, that's an example. Well, that's great. No, that's very interesting. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, at the beginning of this, I said I don't need the you, the, the physical, but it turns out I don't actually know how a record is made. <laughs> it just in my head, I assumed I had some idea, yeah. but I really don't. Yeah. And it's fun to make, and I never uh, feel more qualified to be doing what I'm doing than when I'm working in the vinyl medium. Uh, so he's literally like yeah, that's what you are. That's why on the back of the records, he's listed as record guy <laughs> because it started with record stores. He came out of the age of like the golden age of albums and 45s. here he is 45s and here he is uh you know helping me you know with it at this point you know uh i really i i we got to get to your question but i feel like i you're one of these you know you know how much i love talking with you i really feel like you should just have your own podcast because you have so many great stories i could just sit here and say tell about the one the time when you went and saw david bowie on his first tour <laughs> but the reason yes, is we have because we have such a good rapport because i enjoy talking with you just as much i, I think yeah, so that's yeah. that's why this works Cool. Well, uh, Matt, oh, you, why don't you uh, tell Peter what he needs to do? All right, now, Peter, do you have uh, a question for the Pop Oracle? I do have a question for the Pop Oracle. This record has been 18 years in the making. Will it take 18 months <laughs> to reach the masses, or will it take another 18 years? Okay. Well, and uh, Peter... To engage the Pop Oracle, you get to spin the Wheel of Eight. Na, 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 wheel of eight. What did it land? And on? that was song number seven, One More Figure. Oh, cool. That's a fun one. It's good. Oh. Uh, 
How was I to know this story would have a happy ending? When I was feeling low, I guess I must have been pretending. For the angels reading over my shoulder. Cause there ain't nobody calling on the telephone But some of the night that don't make me feel Quite as alone as it did Just the other day What was I thinking? That there's one more figure in the picture tonight One more figure in the picture Tonight So why go out walking with the rain pouring down my naked feet on the warm wet ground? And I wonder, are the neighbors watching and what do they see? So I had me an epiphanal exchange with a supermarket grocer. He said, you're gonna keep that magazine. I said, thank you, no, sir. Put it back on the rack. Said I changed my mind. He said, if you can't change your mind, son, you can't change anything. If you can't change your mind, son, you can't change anything. That was the best advice I got all year And now it's perfectly clear That there's one more figure in the picture tonight One more figure in the picture tonight Yeah, there's one more figure in the picture tonight One more figure in the picture How was I to know this story would have a happy ending? How was I to know this story would go so slow? was one more figure from Andras Jones. The answer to Peter Jesperson's question, will it take 18 months or 18 years for this album to reach the fans? The masses, he said. The masses. The masses. So like the people the people from our home states. Yes, sure. Massachusetts. The mass holes. <laughs> yeah. And that also featured Marshall Thompson on the keyboards. He also plays that song, plays the keyboards on that song on the record. Mm-hmm. And it's the, those were recorded 12, 12 years or yeah, probably 12 Before years. Before the overdubs, yeah. You know, that was like 12 years after it was recorded <laughs> initially. And if you listen to his part, it feels so organic to the recording. So there, thank, you, thank you. Beautifully done today, <laughs> too. That no, was my pleasure. Like, yeah. you, you nailed it. <laughs> He's so good. He's so good. 
So, uh, wow, I felt like, God, that was, that was, I mean, I feel like you asked a question, but I feel like it was kind of my question. Uh, well, let me just tell you about this, because you're asking about me. This sure, what, what sure, Matt sure. did the last time he was a guest on the show. Right, yes. Yeah, so uh, my question was, Andres, how are you? <laughs> when, when he was a guest on the show. So I felt like it was a very happy answer for me, in a way, in a mixed bag. I should say, so this song, um, it's on the record, All You Get. It is the happiest, most positive song on the record. It's, uh, it is about that idea of that, you know, how does I know this story was going to have a happy ending? It's, I guess it was an attempt as a writer to try and write a happy ending into my own story. And so I know I always feel great when I'm singing it. And the idea of one more figure is about the way that one person can make a big difference in your life, which is also perfect and heartwarming with that you're asking this question and that you have functioned in, in a similar way. Like you're one of those one more figures in my picture that has made a difference. And so it's that idea that like that supermarket grocer or that you could be the one – like I could be the one more figure. I could just be walking by your house and you see some crazy guy walking around in bare feet in the rain and it makes you think – Something whimsical is possible in in, in in the world when you're bogged down in your own things. So, so uh, <laughs> it's I mean it's such a Bruce Springsteen idea, but it is that idea that literally one person listening to it could be could make all the difference. Um, certainly, that's the case for me. Yeah. And then the the lyrics reference things going slow, which yeah. is perfect because it took a while to make the record. But then that it has a happy ending. I think that's proof right there that it's going to be 18 months and not 18 years I'll take before it. the masses hear it. I'll take it. So I will take it. Um, what do you think, Matt? Well, I I, I think the, it kind of chronicles, I guess, the the travel of the song almost you know in, yeah. in some sort of way is that nobody's calling uh, that you know uh you're, you're walking you're walking around the rain you're kind of lost and yet at the end you're in the supermarket and this guy goes you know you, you know here put it together yeah and he you go oh yeah i can put it together and now you've put it together and, and maybe, that literally oh, all that whole thing that i i had an, uh, an epiphanal exchange with a supermarket grocer he said, going to take keep that magazine. He says, thank you. He lit- and he said, if you can't change your mind, son, you can't change anything. I get a chill every time I think of it. That wasn't a movie you were in? That was actual real life? <laughs> he really gave me this yeah. line. It was like, whoa, wise, wise grocer. That's, I'm, I'm taking that. It's true, yeah. Is this grocer in the uh, Northwest? This is the live? Northwest, yeah. 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 At the old, uh, at the, uh, probably at the Olympia Food Co-op. Yeah. Very so. good. Well, 18 months. Cosmic. Yeah. 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 Um, well, thank you. Thank you for making me play that song. This is so – it's so weird. I've never been the musical guest on the show before. <laughs> and people are always saying that it's weird singing when you when the question's there. And I'm always, I'm always like, ah, don't worry about it. But it <laughs> is really weird because you're having synchronicities while you're singing and just think – and they'll like you'll hit – you'll hit a line like, oh, how is another the story was, ha- was ha- would have a happy ending? And – you're like it takes you out of it and puts you into it at the same time. It's but really it didn't great. trip you up. You you, uh, you you may have been thinking about it, but you sang fluidly. That's why. That's because I got Marshall Thompson at my side. <laughs> my goodness, <laughs> it makes, that's a great song. Makes yeah. it easy to play. Yeah, I mean, that's right. So you're saying though, you're hearing an interpretation of the song that you hadn't conceived of as you're singing it. Well, because of the question. I mean, right. that's the the question always changes the context. Yeah, and so. Like I know what that the synchronicity of that line when I'm just listening to it, but the synchronicity of it with Peter Jesperson here asking about my record that we've worked on, where he's the one more figure in the picture. It's just like 
it goes, goes full on Escher drawing, and I go very deep into it. Yeah. And it's all because of the magic. <laughs> yeah, the magic <laughs> wheel, the magic Escher wheel. Um, wow. Well, I, I think uh, so, Peter, before I'm going to just host from do some backseat hosting. Hop on. So, Peter, before we let you go, is there anything coming up you want to let? listeners know about projects uh well we are working on a really fun project with the band soul asylum uh that there's going to be several components of uh the first two actually came out on july 20th on omnivore on omnivore omnivore recordings it's a great archival label here in los angeles um with truly some of the finest people that i've ever worked with in the music business and um, people that I enjoy talking to every day. Um, And uh, so that's been quite a thrill, but we're doing some really fun things, a couple that are still being worked on that we can't announce quite yet, but it's all part of this series of releases that will go through May of 2019. And there are seven different uh, sections of this uh, reissue series. The and, Soul uh, Asylum. Re- for Soul reissue. Asylum, yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, very interesting because the, the the main guy in the band is uh, on a three-month shed tour with Collective Soul and Three Doors Down. So trying to, co- like right now, I've got liner notes that were written uh, for one of the upcoming releases that he needs to approve and he just ain't getting back to me. <laughs> so uh, we're getting a Working little, with rock stars. That's exactly yeah. right. You know, so, um, and um, as I like to say, uh, uh, he, you know, working with him has been challenging because I'm a morning person and he is not. <laughs> so uh, when uh, I found early on in the in the uh, process of working on this that the best way to get things done properly was to for he and I to be in the same room. And he's an old friend. I've known him since he was in high school. And I gave him his first recording contract. And so we, we, just to be clear, we're talking about Dave. His Perner. name is Dave Perner. Sorry. The great. I mean, a lot of people are fans and be like. Why don't you say his name? We love Dave. Uh, <laughs> right, Dave Perner. And um and so uh it's been it's been great fun to work with him again. Uh but uh the one interesting thing w- uh was that uh, I would go to Minneapolis and then we would schedule time to get together. But the earliest that we could get together was generally 3 p.m. <laughs> and so we started working at 3 p.m. And I think that most of the time we weren't leaving uh for our dinner break until about midnight. And uh, it's been a few years since I kept that sort of a schedule, let's just say. Um, so uh, it's been challenging, but uh, but it's been an absolute blast. A whole um, uh, a whole lot more work than I expected it to be uh, because we really did dig deep. We went through all of the Twin Tone vaults uh, to look for uh, unreleased recordings that we could add as bonus tracks to the, each individual uh, release. And, uh, and uh, then when we'd exhausted... That resource, uh, I went through Dave's personal uh, archive, which was at his house, which is in the basement on the second floor and in the attic. And uh, so it was uh, it was insane. But we we found some really exciting things. We found the the uh, the flyer for the very first gig they ever did in 1981. I mean, it was just I mean, it was a eureka moment. Yeah, and it was before they even called Soul Asylum. Their original name was Loud Fast Rules, <laughs> and so we found the flyer for their very first gig. Then a couple of days later, we found the very first flyer that they made under the name Soul Asylum, which was for a gig in March of 1983. So there were a whole lot of uh, really interesting 
I kind of like loud, fast rules. <laughs> well, <clears throat> it was a bit of a cliche at the time. Um, they were – they just – I ran into them in 1981 and that was a phrase that was really a late 70s phrase oh. um, referring to – um, you know, the punk and hardcore uh, music that kind of came out of that, you know, the Ramon Sex Pistols Clash uh, damned, you know, uh, explosion that happened in 76, 77. So at a certain point, uh, I think they decided that they weren't really a hardcore band, which is what that phrase was really associated with. And they didn't think it was necessarily appropriate for them uh as an ongoing name. That makes sense. And uh, when we first started recording them, actually, they were still Loud Fast Rules, so they had to uh, come up with a name over the course of uh, making that first record. So. so were you the one who pointed out to them that you're like, you pulled, pulled them aside and was like, mm, no. it's a little cliche? It was actually, I think they all felt it. It was uh, 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 Carl Mueller, the bass player, sadly uh, passed away uh, from throat cancer. Um, but he was the one that said, we can't be Loud Fast Rules because it's just, we're we're broader than that and that's going to pigeonhole us in a way that I don't think we should be pigeonholed. I think they probably, well, history has proven they made, probably made the right choice. The band was pretty successful under the name Soul <laughs> they were, Asylum. They were very, I mean, and, they, and, they, and the thing is they made great records all the way along. They made yeah. these four records for Twin Tone, then they got signed to A&M Records and made two Dynamite Records that didn't necessarily... Uh, you know, reach uh, the masses, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we all thought they were breaking up, and uh, all of a sudden, I remember being in a studio in Minneapolis working on a couple other records, and the engineer said, uh, "Hey, let me play you something." I did some demos with Soul Asylum. I was like, "Are you kidding?" I thought they broke up, and he said, "Here, let me play you this." He played a couple songs, including "Runaway Train," mm-hmm. you know, an acoustic demo of it, and I remember just going. You know, my friends are going to be rich. There it is. That's, there's the song. You know, you could just you just knew it. Cool. Well, so look for that on Omnivore Records. We love Omnivore Records here. We've had a lot of Omnivore. I, I just I, just for the sake of the guests we've had, they do. I know they do great archival work, but they also have some really excellent current recording artists like that we've had on show, like Dead Rock West, Chris Price, Chris Price, Jeffrey Gaines, Cindy Lee Berryhill. That's right. Uh, so they're you know I, it's a. I'm just a big fan. I also love their archival stuff, like the Jellyfish collection is amazing. The stuff the reissues are doing with the Posies. In fact, they're doing it with Soul Asylum. Yeah, I'm a big fan. And you did turn me on. We, uh, one of their one of their team did the cover, and we're going to have him on the show later on, Greg Allen. Fantastic. And it was it's great because I didn't know he was going to put Greg Allen Omnivore some productions on Omnivore recordings on the back of the record. And now I get to have their name on the back of my record with your name. So it's a, what it's an a honor. joy. Yeah. And I got to last year, I got to do a record with them uh, by the band Bash and Pop, which was uh, Tommy Stinson from The Replacements. It was his first post-replacements group. And so we did a reissue of that record. With uh, We found a whole uh, extra, we found 20 extra songs that were great. So we did made it a two-CD set. It was great fun, so we put that out last fall from uh, through Omnivore. It was uh, Bash and Pop's album called "Friday Night Is Killing Me." Cool, yeah, cool. Well, thanks a lot. Or I'll thank let you. Matt tell you. I'll let, let Matt close this. Peter, thing. thank you for coming and, uh, and, and engaging the pop oracle with us. Thank you, Matt. Pleasure to be here. Good job, Matt. Thank you, Andres. Thanks for listening to Radio Eight Ball. 
If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time... I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Wave Ball Show.